0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Your Fab Life. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing former Miss Texas and current congressional candidate Avery Bishop. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Your Fab Life. We have the pleasure of interviewing today uh, former Miss Texas America, Miss Texas America Avery Bishop, who is also now running for political office. Hi, how are you?
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me on the podcast today.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: So tell
0: us, first of all, um, why did you choose your profession? Because some people are like, well, she's this beauty queen, she's... Gone to law school, um, but now she's running for political office, which I'm pretty sure you probably have some transferable skill sets from pageants. Um, I did pageants as well back in the day. So I could see how you can transfer that in terms of running for political office. But some others, you know, that don't know anything about pageants are like, well, why is she running for political office? So why have you chosen this particular um, profession now?
1: I decided to run for office because I always knew I wanted to be in the space of politics or to run for office since I was 19. I always went to law school with the intention to run for something. And that intention was created my freshman year of college I was originally a musical theater major, so I was very much interested in performing and singing and one day making it out to Broadway, for example. But that year was the first year I could vote, and it was 2016, the presidential election. And regardless of uh, whatever your political affiliation may be, for those of you who are listening, 2016 was a big year for women. Uh, There was a woman running for office, and it got me very excited. So uh, when we learned that she did not win, We were really heartbroken, or at least I was. And so I called up a lot of the men in my life, my father, my brother, for example, uh, just having a conversation with them about how I felt very underrepresented and not heard in the spaces that I was in at that time. So fast forward, I majored in human rights and sociology, I advocated alongside, alongside Planned Parenthood, I directed an international nonprofit with my mom, so I always had a heart to serve. And that's why I went off to law school to get my Juris Doctorate degree, because I knew uh, at 19 years old that I was going to run for something. And I wanted to understand how to read, write and understand laws, uh, since that is what you do when you run for and win state office. And that's why I chose to run for office. It's always been something that has been a passion of mine. In fact, a lot of my social media content way back in the day uh, during the pandemic even was about potentially running and learning about the mechanisms of creating a campaign uh, as someone who's in their 20s. So I've always known, went off to law school, not necessarily to practice. And now here I am running for office with all of my combined experiences from the past few years. Yes.
0: Well, speaking of those past years, as I mentioned before, most people know you Um as you know, Miss Texas America, you were the first Asian woman um, to win. And so, um, you know, that was a huge accomplishment. Um, How do you use that particular experience and transfer it over to what you're doing now in terms of running for political office?
1: I am no stranger to breaking glass ceilings. I competed at Miss Texas because number one, I really needed the scholarship money. Law school is very expensive, as many of you probably know. I'm sitting with about $130,000 in student debt, uh, but I was able to pay about $100,000 out of pocket for my own hard work and scholarship. So we're on our way to paying that off, hopefully. Um, and so I decided to enter the Miss America competition so that I could pay off a lot of my tuition. Uh, three years later, I ended up becoming the very first Asian American to win the title of Miss Texas. And that brought a lot of responsibility, a lot of duty, a lot of insecurity, even sometimes when I was serving. But during my year as Miss Texas, I advocated for my social platform, Y'all Means All. And it was a mission to make every child feel at home in their classrooms in the public school system. Because I grew up in a really small town. And for those of you who are listening, if you can't tell, I am Filipino-American. So I don't necessarily look like everyone who is from Texas. Um, And I felt really underrepresented again in the teachers and the people in my community, they wanted to do something that made sure people felt heard and seen. So for 12 months, I advocated for diversity and inclusion. I taught almost 150,000 students, was in about 200 public schools, events and appearances, where I spoke on and provided resources and curriculum to staff, students, nonprofit organizations about the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion. But halfway through that year, um, uh, my government, uh, Governor Abbott passed SB 17, which is a bill that essentially removes all diversity and inclusion college programs across the state. So that essentially abolished all of the work that I was uh, advocating for for a whole year. So after my year of Miss Texas, I knew at that point I have to run now. There is no right time, especially since a lot of the issues impacting me may not be as relevant later down the road so that's when i threw my name uh, in the ring as far as what are the ex- specific skill sets that i mm-hmm. was able to get from being with texas i am quite literally not afraid of anything that's probably mm-hmm. the greatest thing that i took from miss texas i had people you know sending horrible messages and emails people complaining about the way that i presented myself people who just didn't support my social platform i have a backbone of steel which is perfect for politics because politics unfortunately is not always the
0: most fun uh, joyful arena right absolutely and of course you know you're already you speak very well you present very well you have to have that um as a pageant contestant i can see You won, you may not look like the typical person that they pick, but it's both, it's so funny. I just always know a a pageant girl when I I meet them. We have a certain disposition and presentation. So, um, absolutely, like I'm happy that you were able to uh transition that that skill set over to politics. And, like you said, just have that backbone, um, because you definitely need it in politics. You can't ever make everyone happy, unfortunately. Um, but but you know, to your point, if you stand. On um, what you believe and what you're advocating for, I that's one can ask, which is a perfect transition. What would you say are the top three things for your particular platform with you running for a uh, state congresswoman?
1: Uh, the specific three policies I'm running on are safe and equitable public schools including uh, common sense gun reform to keep our students protected, increasing teacher pay, and also ensuring that um, historically accurate information is taught in schools. Here in Texas, there's a lot of push to ban books, to ban certain content from being taught, and a lot of history is being erased. Uh, and to me, it's so important that we cultivate young minds and ensure that they get accurate, correct information that is age appropriate, for example. The second policy I'm running on is accessible health care, which also includes access to mental health resources to hopefully uh, buff up common sense gun reform, right? So providing counselors in public schools and making sure that there are background checks, mental health checks for people who want to access this kind of weapons, Uh, and also reproductive health care. Texas has some of the most strict law, not some, but one of the most strict laws when it comes to um, choice as well as access to birth control, for example and also veterans healthcare. My brother is a veteran. He just finished serving the country in the in the army. And from his experience and what he's told me, it's really difficult. You can stand in lots of lines just to be able to access healthcare um, for the people who have served our country. And the last one is economic prosperity for all. So ensuring that all communities, not just a select few, uh, have fair livable wages, if not more, as well as benefits all around. Uh, I think that here in Texas, everything is certainly bigger and better. Uh, But we have to make sure that everyone has that same
0: opportunity that we claim to have here in the Lone Star State. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's all those are, are great. And it's so funny, as you were describing your first part of your platform, I'm like, is this Texas or is this Florida? Because I think Florida is going to be the same thing. Florida is a event. little
1: bit more wild. Okay. If, if there was ever a competition, I would prefer to be living in Texas. Florida's got too much going on over there.
0: <laughs> I got a lot going on, but yes, I, I applaud you in your, um, your desire to advocate we're making sure that, you know, the access to the information, that things are not historically being removed and things like that. Um, It's important that if we, you know, like you said, we move together as a society that certain things are still included. You know, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't, you know, don't know where you come from, you know, you have to know your roots and, you know, removing part of that root, it it just impacts, it It, it, it will just trickle down. So I am, I applaud you for having that as a part of your platform. What would you say is your favorite part about this potential, you know, in terms of, like, being a congresswoman? Like, what's your favorite part of this journey of running a campaign? And then what is the thing that maybe is, like, one of the hardest things that, like, if someone was trying to run, maybe they wouldn't know out the gate would be so yes. Okay,
1: first one is definitely leveraging my social media and pulling back the curtain on the process of running for office. Um, I just turned 27, and that's very young compared mm-hmm. to most of the people in the Austin Capitol. I'm practically a fetus to them. Uh, but there are so many women and young women who want to run for office across the political aisle, but have no idea how to do it. So I'm leveraging my following of about a million people across TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube to create day-to-day vlogs and um, informative Q&A short form video to showcase what it truly looks like to run for office in 2023 um, and how they can do it themselves. So it's been so fun getting to meet people virtually, connect with people via email who are so supportive about my mission. Because at the end of the day, the intention is to win However, if I don't, right, it's all about increasing transparency and visibility. When we increase transparency, there's more trust in our government, trust in politics. And a lot right now, I mean, there's a lot of uh, mistrust with the people that represent us, right? When we hear the word politics, no one gets excited. Everyone's like, ah, politics, right? Uh, and then, second, increasing visibility. When more people like myself, who look the way that I do, who come from a certain financial background, I grew up really poor, both my parents worked two jobs each, when more people visibly see that, then they're more likely to consider running for office as well. Absolutely. Uh as far as the greatest challenge, it's always money, unfortunately. Uh, in many states, especially in Texas, politics is about money. And I'm in a district where the incumbent raises an average of $1.5 million, which is pretty much nuts for a state-level race. This is not even Congress. It's not even national, guys. This is state-level. Um, and certainly, I don't have to raise that amount, right. but I have to be competitive just in case that's the goal, to raise at least a million. Uh, one of the greatest challenges is being seen as a serious candidate because I'm so young. I'm also like a tiny little Asian woman, right? And people are like, who are you to run for office? You've never held a position before. And so there's an additional pressure to be more smart, to be more well-spoken, to be more put together, to have my hair and makeup done in a certain way so that I'm seen more professional and can be taken seriously to potential donors. Those are the two very specific challenges I face is raising the money asking for money and being taken seriously. How many people are you
0: currently running
1: against? It's just one. I don't it's have one. a, idea. Uh, yeah. So usually when there is an open seat, for example, if you think of those of you who aren't really like into politics, um, when a current uh, state level representative runs for say Senate, then their seat is open. And right now, Texas 32 has like 15 people fighting for the democratic nomination to run as the democratic nominee for that district i'm fortunate enough because i have a high enough profile where people don't want to challenge me to be the democratic candidate and we're hoping that stays the way it is into the primary so i don't have a challenger for the democratic nomination so it's just me and the incumbent face
0: to face i see see. so and and so you know assuming you get no challengers you are the democratic nominee when is the when can people vote for you in the second phase when you actually go up against the
1: So Um, When people think of the election year, 2024, it's a big year, presidential election, we get a lot more people turn out. Um, However, it's still important to vote in the primaries, especially for young candidates who are running for office, because we need to see those numbers. We need to be able to uh, get our name out, get our reputation out in the district. So highly recommend that you vote in your primary in the spring, even if you don't live in my district. And then the actual election is next year, I believe November 7th or November 11th in the fall.
0: Okay. Well, you know, you're part of the family now, now that you're on the podcast. So we're going to make sure um, we have like all your info so that our platform knows, you know, if someone's living in Texas, they know to check you out and support your, your, your campaign. Um... I always say I don't. I'm not big on reinventing the wheel. I try to find people that maybe have already done something, and you know, maybe learn from their mistakes and things like that. Do you have, and not necessarily politics, but do you have any mentors? Anyone that you've kind of like through this path? Because you had to, you had to get through law school. You had to get through becoming Texas. You got to get through becoming, you know, a congresswoman. Is there any person or persons that you've kind of tapped? on um, through your journey?
1: Yes. Uh, When I was growing up in a small town, I didn't really have those relationships just yet. But as I entered college, a lot of my mentors were within the nonprofit and human rights space. Uh, Many of them were actually men, not women. And then when I got into the politics space uh, and Miss America, that's when I was able to forge some really strong uh, connections with women. Uh, and it's so important as someone who's a woman of color and someone who grew up with financial insecurity, housing insecurity, and being a first-generation college student, I desperately needed those kinds of mentors when I was growing up. And um, One thing I did in law school to help alleviate that was actually establish a mentorship program specifically for students of color and first gen. So that was a really cool project I got to take on all three years of law school and also leverage that mentorship program via social media. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're a woman, I definitely recommend that you reach out to someone uh, and help them out if they have any questions because I'm a strong believer that as you succeed in life, as you climb up the ladder or the hierarchy that you should always reach, you should always reach down and try to bring someone up with you. Uh, you don't have to try to solve world hunger right. or you know, bring up millions of people. It can simply just be one person that you mentor and that you provide support to. So I have an amazing support system, uh, especially in the Asian American community. Um, and it's a really small family, but uh, once you're in and you find those people, uh, you're extremely supportive.
0: Absolutely. Best advice for someone running for office other than money, 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 money. We know we got to gotta have some money. No, it doesn't matter which state you're, you got to raise some money. And and we are hoping that, you know, with your uh, Miss America platform, that obviously, like you said, your followers, you're encouraging people to to donate because they don't have to live in Texas to donate. I'm assuming anybody can donate to your campaign. So uh, so that's exciting. Um, but outside of like thinking of creative ways to um, raise money for their campaign, is there anything else you would give advice? Because I mean, it seems like you know, and it's probably your pageant in you, you're right on it, you know, your platform, you know what you want to go after. So, what you know, somebody's thinking about running, I don't know, where do they start?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this. The, you actually touched on one of the greatest challenges of running for office or really doing anything in general, right? This doesn't even have to be about politics. It can be about becoming a lawyer or choosing to go to graduate school. Uh, people are scared to start. That is the hardest thing is simply starting something. When I was growing up, I convinced myself that, you know, I shouldn't go to college or I shouldn't compete for Miss Texas or I shouldn't run for office because I am not rich enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not well-spoken enough. I am not white enough. I'm not Texan enough. Uh, And if you continue to tell yourself these things, you're going to convince yourself you don't deserve to try. And trying costs zero dollars isn't that amazing it's free you know you don't have to you know just <laughs> just try because you never want to live your life wondering what would happen if you hadn't tried and if you try and you fail which there is quite a high likelihood of that happening i didn't win miss texas on the first try i didn't get perfect grades my first year of law school but at least i tried and i learned from either my mistakes or my concerns after trying uh, but you're going to miss out on all the opportunity uh, and the potential if you don't convince yourself that you can do it so stop waiting to be rich stop waiting to have the most perfect career stop waiting to be prettier or taller or more well spoken there's no perfect time so you should just try the, i have a yeah i have a second more tangible thing if you're thinking about really running for office at the very least just make sure that you are I wouldn't say financially. No, I would say financially stable. You don't have to be rich. But say, for example, I have to start paying my student loans on a monthly basis. I have my own apartment. I have to pay for my car. So when you choose to run for office, just make sure you have stability um, financially on that foundation, because you will have to be spending a lot of time fundraising. And if you don't have that infrastructure to rely on, you're going to be stressed about asking for money while simultaneously worried about whether or not you can pay for rent. So if you're going to run for office, just make sure you are uh, financially stable and also mentally stable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish you would tell some candidates what they day,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should take something from my book.
0: <laughs> Be mentally stable first. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, that that's a that's a great piece of advice. What would you say? Um. What would you say if you decided, okay, like you run or let's say you had decided, okay, I did go to law school. So if I decide not to run, would you practice? Would you do something else? Like what other profession would you have maybe pursued or maybe people we'll still pursue um, after politics?
1: Yeah. So I, there, this goes back to having so many different interests. You and I wear many different hats I like to call myself a hobby hoarder, so I have a lot of different uh, passions in life. I direct a nonprofit with my mom, for example, I sit on a committee here in, in the city of Dallas. I enjoy running outside and running marathons. But if I had to choose a different career, if I was not running for office, right now I'm teaching. I'm teaching in the school district uh, that I'm running for actually. And I love, I fell in love during my years Miss Texas, getting to teach students and answer their questions because they're so curious. Like they what, grade to- you, what grade do you teach? Uh, right now, well, I'm only substitute teaching. So I get to pick. You know, this week I'm teaching middle school art. For four days, and it's been a blast. Um, But if I had to change my career or choose something different, it would be teaching or being a professor, for example. Uh, But currently, right now, I'm transitioning into creative consulting, which is also something great for me. Yeah,
0: and I was gonna say that's perfect with whatever everything you've been able to do with your social media. I think that would be a a great side hustle. Yeah, I'm always like, listen, you don't have to do anything full time as a full time entrepreneur. There's just some things you can launch as side hustles and. You can take on as much as you want or as little as you want. Um, and I, I think that that's um amazing. Um, so we're gonna close up with one question. So all of the women that we interview, obviously we talk about career and you know, we explore what they're doing um in terms of advice in the event that someone wants to go down that same path. Um, but we also believe in um, you know, you kind of you almost feel as great as you look right? You know, we're big on women that take pride in, you know, beauty and style and things like that. And obviously, with you being um, a Miss America con- uh, contestant, you already embody all of that. So just quickly, what are your favorite? Do you have any favorite brands for, let's say, hair, makeup, skin? Are there some products where it's like, these are my go-to's?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll start with fashion and clothing. I do love to thrift, but if I'm looking for something to wear for a special event, whether it be an appearance for the campaign, I love Reformation. Uh, They're a sustainable company uh, and it's really cute. A lot of it's modest, some of it's not, but I love Reformation. As far as skincare, um, I really enjoy Tatcha. So anything that you buy from Tatcha goes towards providing resources to young girls in uh, provincial villages. So Tatcha's nighttime moisturizer is fantastic. And then as far as makeup, um, on a day-to-day basis, I love La Mercier's setting powder, Charlotte Tilbury's line, all of their sort of tinted glow moisturizers. I love my favorite lipstick uh, and lip gloss combo is from Dior because we, we like a little splurge every now and then. It's okay. (laughs) um and then as far as like blush and rouge I love uh makeup by Mario a lot of his products are perfect for on tv on camera bright lights on stage and uh powder blush I love um Valentino's um cheek and eye palette so those are some of the specific things I love to use as far as
0: um
1: something affordable though I love NYX if you're going to (laughs) store mix and elf is great yes but i i
0: love how you say hey we can we can we can we can splurge a little bit we can we can mix it in we can do hot like how they say high low with the clothing you do high low with your with your makeup brands as well i love that um if you could choose five items to put in your purse only what would those five items be
1: oh goodness um vitamin c like any sort of vitamin c powder vitamin c um uh gummy i for unfortunately i guess have a terrible immune system and i get sick quickly and i have to interact with a lot of people so that's my saving grace is always having vitamin c uh mm-hmm. definitely my stanley water cup if it fits in my tote bag uh, something that i usually keep in my bag are safety pins will always never leave the house mm-hmm. if i don't have any makeup on no eyebrows no concealer girl at least i will have a lipstick on i don't care it is the clinique blackberry not lipstick lipstick okay. in my purse. um uh, and then like i guess the final item
0: is my phone and wallet because
1: okay all right I love it yeah my
0: friend is like you know what I have to choose I gotta have lipsticks
1: yeah just some some color you can use it on your cheeks too it's super easy exactly exactly um last
0: question and you kind of already plugged some of these things with some of the products that you enjoy that really give back um but outside of those products is there any I don't know like or you know outside I know you have your own nonprofit, but is there any other like organization or just like a campaign, something you're supporting now, or kind of just like an ongoing supporter of that you would like to share with our audience?
1: I love Emily's list and Annie's list. So they are two organizations that encourage women to run for something and they don't just encourage, uh, you can sign up and access a lot of their free public training to learn about how to run a campaign, what block walking and canvassing looks like, how to organize volunteers, how to file your paperwork, uh, how to stay compliant with campaign finance, for example, or how to simply learn to speak in public uh, if you're nervous about it. So EMILY's list is the national level Annie's list is uh, the sub organization within the state of Texas. So those two organizations and nonprofits are fantastic for those of you who are listening and are kind of like, maybe I'll run for something. I'm kind of interested, but don't know where to start. I, I definitely recommend that you seek out uh, their resources.
0: Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, well, you know, first of all, thank you again for taking the time to do an interview with us. Um, I said, I've been following you for quite some time, being a part of um obviously LegalPath.com but also lawyer bays And I think it's just amazing. Like you said, you're no stranger to breaking ceilings and you did that with college. You did that with your pageantry. Now you're doing it, becoming a congresswoman. So we're obviously rooting for you. And you know anything we can do to promote your brand and everything that you're doing, we're, we're going to continue to do that, be an ongoing partner with that. And um if you're listening... Plug your social media handles if people want to connect you directly on social media. Sure.
1: So if you're interested in following along, you can follow me on at Avery Bishop, A-V-E-R-I-E, Bishop like the chess piece on all social platforms.
0: Perfect. Makes it easy. I love when people have like easy (laughs) social because sometimes people have like different variations. So it's like different or different things. But so yes, so you can find Avery Bishop on all social media platforms. We thank you again for taking the time out to interview with us. And until next time, everyone take care. And this has been your recent episode of Your Fab Life. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to Your Fab Life. Until next time, Please make sure to follow us on all our social media handles at, at IM Legally Fab. Take care.